This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. So, wow, we thought we'd have a bit of a confessional this week where we just, we know we all love our kids. We all know that we're hugely... Uh, grateful and blessed to have our children, but there's also I'm always not. been I'm not. this taboo about ever saying, "Oh God, this bit drives me mad." Mm. So, if anybody is thinking at any point about saying to us through this podcast, "Oh, you should just be grateful we've got kids," we are grateful. We are grateful, yeah. but we think, well, every parent I've ever met has something they'd like to have a bit more And I think about. it's really important to have a cathartic space <laughs> in which you can open your mouth and just say, do you know what, yeah, that really gets on my tits, that really bores me, that's really grating, that's really annoying, that's really... But none of it means, none of it means we don't want to be... And that we're not parents grateful. ...parents to our beautiful, beautiful girls. But you know what, sometimes it's right to have a moan. Yeah, we had so many people contact us and we've read out lots of your comments. In fact, there's one I've just remembered that we forgot. I forgot to read out. And she said, what I always hated when they were little was when I changed their nappy and I'd get poo on my finger. Yeah, that was a nasty one. It's like Velcro, isn't it? It's really odd, that stuff. It's like pick a lily Velcro. Uh, and if you've got a go- boy, of course, you get peed in the face. In the face, yeah. 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 Hello, everybody. Welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. And this is a bit of a... Funny one today. Um, is it meant to be funny or is it going to well, end up being really traumatic? I think it'll be actually having just read the abundance of comments that came in, it'll be a mixed bag as ever. But we were sitting thinking about what we were going to talk about this week and there was lots of different things that came up and I said to Mark, can we just talk about what we hate about being a parent? Yeah. <laughs> just for a change. So we were like, yeah, go on. So we put a story up on Instagram saying, come on, guys, just let rip. Just tell us how you're really feeling. This is a safe place. We won't tell your kids who you are. Just tell us the stuff you hate about being a parent. And I want to just straight away just jump in with one and, and, and just oh, right, have a bit of fun with this, just straight, straight away. Because I love this person who shall remain anonymous because she was just straight in with it and she said... Having to listen to inane shit that my teenage girls talk about when I pick them up from school. And that was very much the essence of what I was talking about. Right. Because there's so much as parents, isn't there, that we just we just do. We just do. So we're and talking... nobody ever stops and goes, what do you really hate? Yeah. And sometimes they do talk shit, mm. don't they? Mm. And you've got to be interested and excited about every single thing they say. I remember years ago on Loose Women, I admitted that there were many, many times when I was reading a bedtime story that I hated it. I still, to this day, get women coming up to me and whispering and saying, I hated it too. So are we talking about (laughs) here sort of silly, ephemeral, kind of, you know, the kind of, I don't know, the funny things that we don't like about people? Or are we talking about... The, the shit, the stuff we really don't Everything like. The re- and anything. Because, I mean, if I'm, if I'm honest, the part of parenting, before we get going into all the, those sort of details, the part of parenting, I haven't not been a parent since the age of 23. I've been on this planet 50 years. So for 27 years, 
of my 50-year existence, I've been a parent. And that... I'm glad to be an older parent. Yeah. Yeah, that's... When I, when I... Now, of course, when you say anything like that, it's like when you sit on a birthday, you look at it and you go, wow, flipping it. And if I'm honest, if I'm really honest, if you think about it, at 23, I've not really had any of my proper adult life without the thought that I am responsible. Mm. And I think that, that, that thing of being responsible... You know, when we all become parents, you know, obviously you've got to take that. That's a serious, it's a serious responsibility, isn't it? It's a serious thought. You don't just have children willy-nilly. And I mean, some people do, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you know, you shouldn't. We're, we advise, don't we, all the time, don't just have children with, in a willy-nilly fashion. Think about why you're doing it. Is it really the right time? I would, I would come at this on a number of different ways. There, there's never a right time and there's never a wrong time to have children. You know, there are as many pros and cons to having them old, to having them young... You know, you know, in in, in each camp, you, you can't say one or the other is right. But I, I if I have to say something, I I, I would have liked. I, I'm sick of the responsibility. Well, actually, that comes up a lot in the comments. Just a huge responsibility. Lots and lots of you said the responsibility is exhausting. It's exhausting. And it's not okay for us to say that most of the time. That's why, no. again, I wanted this to be a safe no, no, place really where we could say, no, where we could say, do you know what? Sometimes as I walk up that path and I put the key in the door, I think, oh, shit, I've got to go in there and be a bloody grown-up Are oh, you now. talking quietly so they don't hear you? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're everywhere, well, the kids. Fortunately, my eldest can't hear us because they're, like, halfway across the country. <laughs> uh, so I can talk about They can it. always because hear the thing us. Is, the thing is, it's not like there's one lump of responsibility. My, I, for me, I have responsibility times four. It's not like... Oh, they just there's one big lump of responsibility that's been the same and just got a little bit bigger. Yeah, oh I've got two. Mm. Oh no, I've got three. I mean I've had this in my life. I've got oh I've got one child, oh I've got two, oh I've got three, mm. oh, I've got four. It is each the responsibility of each child gets bigger for that child. Mm. And they all sit alongside each other. And so for me it's There's also the responsibility, you know, from a, a gender point of view, you know, it's like you know, they say that, you know, the influence of, of the mother on a, on a daughter, you know, what sort of woman are they going to be? Mm. Is I, and, and that really scares... I have said to them in the past, you know, what woman are you going to be? You know, mm. how, how are, you know what, what's going to be the thing you're going to be proud of? For, for being one, and I think, oh, jeez, then what am I showing them to mm. be proud of, you know? And that, that is a huge responsibility, all the time, it's like, am I being, you know, do they see me being a good enough friend? Do they see me being oh nurturing enough? God. Do they see me being a, a partner, a good partner, but also a strong, independent partner? Do they see me as a responsible career woman? Do they see me, you know, and it's like this patchwork fucking quilt of things that you're trying to be, you know. We're not trying to be, but uh, but sometimes if I stop for too long and think about it, I, I get a bit scared with what they've seen about me. One of the comments here was somebody saying, what she hates about being a parent is is having to pretend she's not drunk when she's drunk. And that really made mm. me laugh out loud because mm. within that, there is this thing that we always have to be on our best behaviour to a certain degree. Well, you're always supposed to be leading by example. Exactly. And that's tedious. It's, te- it's, it's boring. Fucking tedious. It's, it's fucking so tedious. boring. 
It's so boring. Especially when other parents aren't. That's the bit that really gets me. Is you can you can maintain a sort of fastidious approach to certain things in their in your life, and you can be a sort of perfect parent by and large in certain areas, and then other parents waltz in and completely blow the fucking doors off. That mm. drives me nuts. And I mm. wish there was sometimes a sort of I don't know a shared responsibility. Sometimes mm. I think we when talked we, about when this we the other week, didn't we? Uh, sort of it takes a village to yeah, bring yeah, up yeah, a child. Yeah, yeah, but I do. I do think that there's something in that. I mean, I'm not talking about being, you know. You know, I'm a curious contradiction. On the one hand, I don't want a big social life, but on another, I really value the importance and recognise the importance of a social infrastructure. And I sometimes wish we were perhaps what we were designed to be, which was tribal, in a much smaller way. I mean, the connectivity we have, the interconnectivity that we have with other parents, the constant balance, the way in which we've tried to systematise for the sake of a population just in this country of 63 million, an educational system and a parenting approach that's that's morally right. I find it tyrannical, whereas sometimes I just wish, you know, if you were, th- imagine this, imagine you were in sort of like a, a number of mud huts and you were just sort of chilling and you, you know, we're, we're going back to Neolithic, Neolithic age and it's all of your responsibility, the kids. It's not yours solely, and it's not mine solely. I can go off and just hunt and forget. You think of the communities that are a bit more like that, like maybe I imagine like there are certain villages across the country where there is a bit of everybody knows everybody's name and will tell little Johnny off for misbehaving. And sometimes, yeah, I mean, I'm a very... I always say I could live on a commune. Mm. I could live on a commune. I love to have lots of people around. I'd love to be sharing kids, and I wouldn't have been opposed to breastfeeding somebody's child if they needed milk. Yes, that kind of appeals to me a bit, the the commune. Yeah. The commune vibe. I just think it would take some of the burden of responsibility. I mean, you know, can we we just not pull our punches? I'm really tired. (laughs) I'm really tired. I mean, I know it's not the same tired... I mean, I know there's going to be women... I don't know how many people listen to this. There's going to be women everywhere going, yeah, you're a dad, yeah, you're an absent dad. But you know what? I think even when you're not with your children, it's not about how long you're with your children and what you're doing for your children directly and specifically and physically and practically. And I feel very sort of defensive about this because it's, you know, being a parent is about, for all of the time that I couldn't see my eldest girls, I was intensely responsible for them because I was thinking about how to manage my time with them when I did see them. I was worrying about how their time was being managed when I wasn't with them. And your care and your love for a child, it's like, you know, you know, there's no contradiction, is there, when you're a grown child and you're a grandparent. So you, you think of your children, you think of your grown-up children all the time. I think you're that's the thing I find very exhausting, is that once you've had a child, you never have your mind back completely 100%. Never. never. And Lisa says that. She says, you know, what she finds most difficult is Who's 24-7... <laughs> No days off. That's one of our social media. Ever. Yeah, well, I'm weaving these in as we speak. They, they uh, right. know this now. No, it's now. just the way you this said Lisa. I thought person. it was your friend Lisa. I said, and Lisa says... Yeah, I thought it was Lisa. 24-7, no days off at all, ever. And, yeah, I mean, they can, they're a bit older now. They might go off for the day. But you all through your day, you're thinking about them or worrying about them. You're never, I don't think, what I miss is never being carefree, 100% carefree again. Well, we shouldn't have become parents. No, I mean, but, that, no I mean, but hang on, 
hang on a minute, because this is really, really important that we say this at this point, because we don't want to be accused of any of this. This is us having a bit of fun doing the extreme. But of course, yeah. it goes without saying that we all adore being yeah. parents. And this is us just going, you know, when it's really bad, I feel like I hate this. But this isn't us saying what we think as no, but I, 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 think, I think, is there a way one can manage this situation for parents? Is, do you think there could be some kind of... Maybe there needs to be a 12-step recovery programme for parents. No, for I don't think everything has to have a bloody answer. I think this is just a forum for us all to have a bit of a moan and there is no way to fix it. And it's part of it's part of the joy of it is also how difficult it is, isn't it? It's like everything. Yeah. Yes, we can have a moan and go, oh, God, they drive me mad. But we all know if the trainers weren't and the day that they move and they've all moved out, we go, oh, I miss no, having the trainers all over the Yeah, door. but what I'm trying to sort of dig at, I'm digging around at this, but you seem to be getting cross about it. I'm saying there's a taboo. I think, I think there's a genuine genuine, genuine taboo around being able to say as a parent that you don't want to be a parent all the time. I think it's, I think it's, you know, huge taboos. socially, huge we're taboos. not allowed to, to say that. People no. will come down on you like a ton of bricks. They'll then draw conclusions from that, that about all of your parenting. I think it's absolutely fine. And I get exactly that this is a cathartic opportunity for teenagers too. Because the point is, we've asked Maddie and we've asked Carlitos in this conversation mm. to share what their frustrations with being a parent, with yeah. their parents is. This is just like, oh God, it goes without saying, we all love being parents and our kids all love us. But it's there is a taboo on sometimes going, do you know what, it's a fucking nightmare. Because what you get out there in the social media world and a lot of, even on telly, if you voice these things well think about all the people that couldn't have children and of course mm. we are grateful and we're mm. hugely grateful that we have and these we gorgeous children but that doesn't mean we can't sometimes go God listen guys mm. didn't it really fuck you off when XYZ happened but it is a dangerous it is, it's, it's dangerous. intriguing because the more I you know we've sat with this conversation for 10 minutes and my alarm bells are already going as to what the wrong people will say about this it's funny Sodom. that. Yeah. Sodom is what Okay, I'd so say. what else have people said? Um, <laughs> this is another Lisa. This made me laugh. The kids stealing your undies when they come to visit for the weekend. <laughs> That's never happened to me. No, but just when I thought, I'd probably thought about everything you can worry about with your kids when they're growing up. That was not one of them. Well, no, but that's funny you should say that, actually, because <laughs> all my pyjamas have gone missing. Yeah. All my pyjama bottoms Maddie's got. Yeah. Every single oh, one of them. Every actually. time a new pair of pyjamas come in, I always see Maddie eyeing them up. Mm. Every time a new shirt comes out that I've pulled out of an old cupboard, mm. I see her eyeing it going, oh, that's a nice thing, because apparently <laughs> dad shirts are all the rage. Since when have dad shirts been all the rage? I'll tell you why effing dad shirts are all the rage. Mm. They're all the rage because they can't get their own shirts. Mm. Or they're not washed. They do, yeah. They're in fashion, be warned. Yeah, but that's why they're in fashion, because they're available. I've got to do this one, just because so many of you wrote this. I just kept a few. Uh, this is BP3. I'm just going to give part of people's names. And she says, cooking dinner every night. Now, it's important that we do this one. And I know Mark might think, oh, what's this? Not but, but for a lot of... And it is more women. Mm. Some men cook every night, but the majority of households, I, I think, is women. Can I just say, before you get going on this, because I haven't got much to say on this, other than all I say most days is I get on my knees... And I thank God that I have a wife who 98% of the time is more than happy to cook for the girls. Now, that's not, that's not me saying you are always happy, but you take that responsibility fully. But I mean, what I would say is I'm actually quite a lazy mum because actually I don't cook seven nights a week. We will quite often have a wrap, 
or have a tea takeaway, or we'll just have the kids will have some packet noodles. Mm. We busk it. I could not do seven nights a week, every night of the week, and I know that a lot of people do because I would go completely flaming mad. And for friends of mine that don't like cooking and don't like food, it is a huge thorn in their side. It's like, mm. oh my god! And then a number of people have said, and then you cook every night, and then there's always one of the little buckers that doesn't want what you've cooked. Oh, is this what we're having? Oh, mum, oh, no, I That's hate it. And I think too often people, well, the family, the rest of the family, don't actually realise that that parent, whichever one it is that's doing the cooking, has had to think about it, has had to shop for it, has had to cook for it, often has to wash up because people have got other stiff stuff to do, they've got to do homework, they've got to do whatever. And I think it's a huge burden for a lot of whoever the cook is in there. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I don't particularly feel that way, as I say, because I'm more lackadaisical. But I, don't, I feel less guilty about it because you've, we often say that, you know, you do all the cooking virtually I enjoy for the it. kids, but I do all yeah. the driving. It's not many, not most families don't have one allotted mm. driver. Most families have two drivers. And if I was to have one thing that I do, if I want, if I could just say it sometimes, I wish I could say no when they ask for a lift, but I can never say no when they ask for a lift. Yeah, I'm, I think that must be, that's a really big thing, isn't it? Well, because it's especially like, if you're... Because so, you, every parent's frightened if I don't say it on that day. That precisely. Day. And my thing is that even if I'm cosied up on the sofa, and it's usually on those rare occasions where I've taken my shoes off and I've put on some comfy... When I've found my pyjama pants mm. in Maddie's <laughs> bedroom... I lie on the sofa and go, oh, Dad, would you mind being able to... And I'm like, it's like you said, the worst case scenario that runs through my head is this will be the time that someone flashes at her or that something awful happens when she goes out. And I'm just like, no, yeah, of course, I'm up, I'm out, and come on, let's mm. do it. And I think every parent would that, that has to do that would identify with that. I mean, yeah. I remember once them trying to get us to do this as a topic on Loose Women... Um, and it was actually the time that we had a male editor and he was saying, you know, you know, what about this? What about... That's that know? dog in the background. And, and, it, and the topic never went to air because it just dissipated into nothing. And because all the women... I, I, I obviously wasn't one of them. That's our dog sneezing because I don't try it. They all just went, it's part of the job description. Yeah. It's like, we're not going to moan about it. We're not going to chat about it on air because it is part of what we do. Yes, it's a pain in the arse. Mm. It's a real pain in the well, arse. Well, I'd say the same with food. Like wiping shit. Wiping shit. Sorry, that's our dog. I, I, I don't think it is quite the same for those cooks. I'm not one of them that cooks day in, day out, does the shopping, often goes to the supermarket on the way back from work, carrying the shopping, getting on the bus, getting on... I think that is... Re and just by the wave of how many people have said that today, I think that seems to be something that people really find very exhausting, a really wearisome part of... Because, you know... A lot of people, one partner will come in and do the amazing something, cook the Sunday roast or something, do mm. the glory food, as mm. I would call. But I think the mundanity of doing the day in, day out, what is it, fish fingers or this or that, is, is, is debilitating mm. for, for a parent, for mm. a marriage, for everything. But I, I, I genuinely don't feel that way because I love eating. And when I can't be bothered to cook, I get, make everyone have cheese on toast. I mean, there are times... When I, when I think back again, I keep sort of asking myself... It's quite hard, actually, because I keep asking myself the question, what do I hate? Hate is a strong word, and I think... I know we're using it in a very sort of light-hearted yeah, fashion, light but it's very hard, actually, because even the things that you... The things that I perhaps don't like or haven't liked or you sort of think, I want a release... 
The thing I want to release from that responsibility that I was talking about earlier is actually the very thing that I love about being a parent. You know, I love the fact that I'm thinking about these four women, girls, women now, and I love the fact that, um, okay, sure, they go through their problems, but they, you know, I, I don't love them going through their problems, but I love the fact that they have a network of people, mums and, and, and me as their dad, to be able to come to, hopefully, if they need advice about this, that or the other. Um, I mean, there are those little moments when they were much younger, and I could really relate to that one message that someone said about reading stories to them, because there are times when, you know, when they want the same thing again for the 60 millionth time, yeah. it's incredibly trying, isn't it's, it? It's exhausting, yeah. I, yeah. One of the comments that came in said, what we know, I hate when they want the same book for a thousand times, and I have to admit here, I hide the book. But like, oh. but like she said that, like, and, and she wants to remain anonymous. She said that like it was the worst mm. thing that you could say. Mm. Why? Just because there are children? You think of any relationship, if your partner, if your friend, if your mother, I should do something a thousand times, it would be perfectly acceptable to say, oh my God, my husband drives me bloody mad when he asks me to do it for a thousandth time this, or my mum asks me to. And yet when it comes to our children, we're supposed to just... Just love every second I mean, one of it. One of those examples was I always used to love doing the tickle fights with Maddie and Kiki, and I used to play, do lots of rough and tumble with Fleur and Izzy when they were little. And, you know, playing with them is really good fun. It was always great fun. And, and the girls have memories, but I remember being absolutely crestfallen and heartbroken when Maddie identified the moment that those sort of tickle fights stopped. Mm. Do you remember? And she said it to me, and I was like, what do you, you mean? You flipped out. Huh? And, well, I didn't flip out, but I was really hurt. I was just like, well, hang on a minute. We did it for every minute of every... Here's the thing. It, however much you give a child, it's not enough. They no. always yeah. want more. Insatiable. They always, Insatiable. always want more. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've hidden DVDs, I've hidden VHSs, I've hidden certain musical CDs because I can't listen to them again. I've pretended... Do you remember when I hid Kiki's violin? Oh, yeah, under yeah, yeah. Under the stairs. Threw it under the stairs, didn't you? I mean, I've, hid, terrible I've hidden behavior. CDs in the car or pretended they're not in the car because I can't listen to the same album for the 67,000th yeah. yeah. time. Yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? It's, we're, 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 all, we're all terrible. We're all terrible. But it's our secret. It's our secret. Um, I love this from one of our teens. Uh, I hated how any treat... I hate how any treat in the cupboard is always my mum's. She would turn into a dragon if we ate it. And that's wow. the tyranny so of the mum. this is a teenager, what this they hate the about Yeah, the tyranny of the mum, mm. you know. Mm. As much as they love their mums, but there's also very black mm. and white behaviour, you know, that mum can get away with that nobody else can. Well, I'd have thought that's one of the main things that we're going to hear from the kids, is, that, is, is a sense of hypocrisy. Mm. There's huge hypocrisy. I mean, I remember hypocrisy between me and my mum. There, I mean, that's the, it's the perception that it's one set of rules for parents, but it's a completely different set of rules mm. for teenagers or kids, isn't it? Mm. Katie says, not being able to stay in bed when feeling low, but then that's probably a blessing. Oh, I is know, this a mum? That, yeah, that's a mum. Oh. And I was thinking... God, especially when I was thinking when they were really little. Because I think now I could, at their age, I could say, do you know what, I'm just going to go upstairs and I'm just going to have some time on my own just because I feel a bit flat. Mm. It's nothing, nobody's... I think it's important to explain it to your children. It's nobody's fault. I'm not annoyed with anybody. Nothing terrible's happening. I just feel a bit low. Because you're teaching them also, mm. by, by example, that it's OK to do that. But when they were little mm. and you just felt so low and you'd have to carry on playing... Well, and play. also, I, I especially oh, remember that God. when they used to... when Certainly with Izzy and Flo, and that before I met you, and, you know, I'd see them every other weekend or for an alternate weekend. So, really, I had full parenting duties most weekends, actually. Um, and because I was a 
as I realise now, a heavy drinker and all this kind of socialising like mad and everything. There would be many situations where I didn't feel cut out for it at all. And I do, you do, you know, I do look back and I do think, God, you know, what, how, how will that have trickled through to them at times where, you know, I really didn't want to have to go mm. stay in the park for another three hours and run round and I was just... I had a Oh, my God, because I had a hangover. Mm. Yeah, all that sort of shit, mm. you know. You're right. I mean, one of the advantages of when they get to teenagers is you can, to a degree, sort of say to them, well, look, I'm really fucking called out at the moment. I need to go in the other room and just... Mm. I need a moment. <laughs> I was actually reading something the other day about drinking and, and your kids, and, and, in fact, they said, if you have been drinking and you feel rubbish the next day it's really important to your children to say actually I feel horrendous I had a bit too much to drink yesterday mm. and it's left me feeling really shit but we always think we have to hide everything mm. like we have to be these perfect people which of course they see straight through anyway and I think that's a lot of what can be very exhausting I think the elephant in the room right now is Maddie, is Maddie and Carlitos who normally contribute in these chats okay well let's I kind of feel like we've, I feel like we've kind of I mean, we've kind of lightheartedly talked about some of the things that kind of drive us nuts as parents, or, or you know, that we hate as parents. Um, but I'm really curious to know what they hate about us. Okay, well, let me find it. So, things that annoy me about my parents. Um, I don't know, I feel like it's quite... I mean, for me, I find my parents really embarrassing. Well, I find both of you very embarrassing when it comes to... Um, the channel you know because i don't really watch the channel stuff and i don't really know what you guys do on the youtube lives and in the vlogs and like recently i saw it for dad's happy birthday video and i just <laughs> i don't know i mean it's just embarrassing and i feel like i also always come down in the morning to the weirdest things going on in the house like the other day i came down to mum in a bra sexually talking to the washing machine and i was like what the hell is going on and my mum was like don't ask questions so i feel i feel like it's more if i really think about it the embarrassing things they're very funny but it, when I'm in the moment, they're very embarrassing and I don't really know. I feel like, you know, my parents are children most of the time, so they're, like, embarrassing children. Um, and I don't know, I feel like Dad is... I feel like, Dad, you're more embarrassing in a different way to how Mum is because Mum's embarrassing when she, like, dances and she sings and when she's, like, purposely trying to be embarrassing. Whereas I don't really find it embarrassing when you're being, like, silly or when you're really hyper because that's just funny. But I feel like you're embarrassing when... You kind of, <laughs> I don't know, when you socially say something that you haven't thought through before you've said it, that sounds like a weird thing to say. But, um, and it's not even like you're embarrassing me, it's just sometimes I'm embarrassed for you. So there was like, a t um, I'll say this for people listening to the podcast, but there was a time where we went um, glamping in Devon, I think, and um, <laughs> we were talking to the farmer um, and the, the guy who kind of owned the, tents and everything we were just talking to him having a normal conversation and I think he had a sling on or something and then dad just goes oh so is that um a sporting injury and the guy's just like um no actually I'm like a farmer you know it's from and it's just stuff like that that I feel like embarrassed for dad um but I feel like collectively you guys are just quite embarrassing when it comes to the lives and stuff I saw one of your lives the other day and you guys were like dancing with weird hats on your head and like I don't know it was just strange and the thing is, is, 
I don't know. I, I feel like those are the most embarrassing things for me is really around the YouTube channel when, like, mum is purposely trying to embarrass me in front of people and I just want to, you know, die. Um, and I feel like the annoying stuff with you guys is just normal parent annoying type things where it's like, you need to do this, and then I'm like, I was going to do that anyway, but now you've told me and now I feel bad. And I feel like those are just normal kind of parent annoyances but at the same time like I get that teenagers are really annoying and that I'm probably really annoying so I kind of understand when you guys are but I feel like the main thing for me is just kind of the <laughs> embarrassment around the channel and a lot of the time with the stuff that mum posts on Instagram like there was the time where she posted the photo of her naked um with the pillow like on the front of her and like a belt was holding it up <laughs> and like you know I was, just, and, you know, I didn't see it, and then my friends were sending it to me, and I'm there like, oh, okay, so this is what my mum's posting when I'm upstairs. So I don't know. I think it's just little things like that because um, nobody else's parents really do that. So it's just me. Um, but no, I love you guys, and I feel like all the embarrassing things that I find about you are actually stuff I find funny and entertaining. It's just sometimes they embarrass me more than they make me laugh. <laughs> Oh, God, wasn't it nice to hear her so jolly like that? Bless her. I think... because she wasn't with us. I think it's very interesting. We said, what do you hate about your parents? And and it's just that we embarrass her. Well, yeah, and that's good. But, I mean, that's good, because they do say you're doing a good job if you're embarrassing I'd like to kids. stress to anyone listening to this who was thinking of going to our YouTube channel, we do an awful lot of serious news digesting and analysis of <laughs> yeah, the I, coronavirus Yeah, I suddenly crisis. thought you might... If you don't follow us on YouTube, you won't know that we no. do... We do um, a we do reality show reviews, on there. We TV. do film criticism but every we morning we do we do live well generally it's Nadia who's the embarrassing one I oh am, my god I am embarrassed by you all the time you sing you dance you do ridiculous things and it's embarrassing okay I'm going to shut up well it was your opportunity to knock it into the back of the net I mean I'm the arsehole on the channel <laughs> okay let's listen to Carlitos yeah let's listen to a child who teenage child that doesn't have his parents in the public eye I find this quite a funny topic to talk about, actually, because in the brief, one of the questions was, what annoys you about your parents? And that the mood of the podcast would be quite jolly. So I decided to come up with a few things that my parents do that get on my nerves. Um, I mean, they do a lot of things that annoy me. Um, I don't hate it, but they're just like, you know, oh, that's annoying, please stop that. Um, off the top of my head, I could be in my bedroom and my mum would call me down for dinner and I'm like, okay, I'm coming and then I'll come downstairs and she's standing in the kitchen and she'll say, oh, I didn't think you'd be ready that fast. We've got, It's not ready for another 10 minutes. So I'm like, oh, so dinner's not ready then, is it? And she's like, no. And I'm just like, oh my God, I've just come down. I've just put every, you know, I, I could be working on something on uh, some schoolwork upstairs and I'm like, oh, I've just put it all away and now I've got to go back upstairs. Well, now I've got, like, you know, it's just a bit inconvenient. Um, but it's not something that majorly annoys me. It's just something that just, it's like, ah, that's annoying. Um, <laughs> and another thing is, sh like, every single time I want to watch something with her, this goes for mum and dad, I want to watch something with them, um, like a film or a TV show. They'll fall asleep every single time. But with mum, only at the crack of dawn, she can watch something. 
with a cup of tea in one hand and a crumpet in the other. That's a prime time for mum. Um, and dad is more of a night owl, but he does fall asleep if he's been at work, um, which is understandable, but also sometimes annoying. You know, don't say you'll watch something with me and that you'll be fine and then just fall asleep. It's it's annoying. Um, and then I just end up watching the film by myself. Um, oh, another thing <laughs> is, it's like a list. Another thing is, let me put a scenario in your head. So we're driving along the road and further up the road, we see one of my friends walking on the pavement. And I'll say to mum, oh, mum, that's so-and-so, they're my friend. And as we drive past, I'll wave and my friend will wave back. And then instead of driving on, my mum will mid-road slow down the car and bring it to a stop so she can have a full-on conversation with my friend. And I'm like, that's so embarrassing because usually you just wave and drive on, not pull over. And and I, I just find that, like, one of those moments where you just want to curl up into your seat. I just find it a little bit embarrassing. Um, and Dad, Dad's... Dad's kind of the same. Dad's obsessed with his car. He's got a 1951 green Pontiac, and he could actually sit in that car for hours, so that was a bit inconvenient when I want to spend time with him, and he's just fiddling around in his car. Um, <laughs> but he'll, I could be walking along the road with my friends, and he'll come up in his little car along the road, and he, his horn on that car is so, so, so loud, and he knows it, so he'll beep us and then wet himself laughing because he knows he's scared the absolute shite out of us. And people stare at us and it's just like, oh my God, it's just so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I don't think my parents ever feel like they're cool or trying to be cool. I, I, I think they just don't care, you know, they're just themselves. And of course there are those generic things they do, like they don't get technology at all. Or they shout across the shop at you and show you to, to show you something. Um, another one is that I can't swear. I know a lot of my friends are allowed to like swear in front of their not to their parents, but swear in front of their parents. Um, and I don't think I'll be able to do that until I'm at least 125 years old. Mum won't even let me say bloody. It's so bloody annoying. She won't even let me say bloody. But then mum and dad can swear if they want to. So, bit hypocritical, as I will legally be an adult in a year, and I'm already having driving lessons and everything, but I can't swear. Um, but in all, all in all, I love my parents so much, and they annoy me so much, but I wouldn't change anything. That is hysterical. Oh, oh my God. Well, I have to say, both of the God. contributions have been absolutely priceless. I love it. Oh, and another thing. I found oh. it, but, and then there's just another thing. But there was the hypocritical word. Yeah. From Lisa. Lisa, Lisa swears like a trooper. Every six seconds. She's as bad as me. That's why when, when um, our girl, when Maddie swears sometimes, I can't say anything because I swear. Oh, yeah. They do what you do. Uh, can I just say on the, on the children's behalf, actually, because I know Kiki doesn't contribute to these, but um, one of the things that I do know drives the kids mad and drives me mad about you is your belief that you can call people from anywhere other than 
going up to their room to find them. Yeah, but you sometimes I'm cooking, them. I don't want to go all it's the way up the bloody stairs. It's not just when you're stairs. cooking, when you're you, not... You, so, you stand in your I'm office talking, and talk to me in here and I'm, expect me to hear you. I'm talking about when you're not cooking, you might just be texting or on your phone. You will call from that chair over there and expect everyone to Darling, come running. Like I'm an actress. Queen. I've got a voice for the back of the grand circle. Like like the May Queen. You, it's <laughs> like, here comes everyone. So, yeah, no, I, it's so funny hearing So things. funny. And I think it's interesting that it's just about embarrassing it's just both of them yeah. where we embarrass them mm. and I think if that's the worst that we're doing then 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 great it's funny isn't it because I was thinking back to when I was a child what what was it about my mum that drove me bad, mad the most and I wasn't I didn't see that much of her. Oh, that's good. Well, no, insofar as so sad. Sure as hell, none of my friends did. So it wasn't <laughs> like I had anything to be embarrassed. I was embarrassed or I, I struggled with how to deal with her. What to my friends was her strangeness of being gay and it was all so unusual back then and all that, all that, all that other stuff. But, um, no, she was never an embarrassment to me because I never saw Spent, her. Well, that was lucky. Yeah. I want to do this one here from, um, I'll just say home so that, I, so that I'm not revealing who you are. She says, when you have an argument with one of your kids and they make more sense than you do. Oh, that's a tricky one. That is a tricky one. I because like that, I think what you have to do, I think the way around that, and this goes back to the whole thing that we were talking about earlier and has come up in many podcasts actually, that we're always feeling like we have to be the perfect example and we have mm. to be. And actually I think there's a really good life lesson, life lesson in that. Mm. That if you are having an argument with your child and actually they make more sense, it is so empowering for them mm. and yourself. If you go, do you know what? You've stopped me in my tracks there. Mm. I actually, you're actually right and I'm wrong. Wow. Because you've taught them that they can do that in their life as well. And that will make them better in relationships, that will make them better friends. I notice you're far more keen on that when they come back at me on something. I've noticed you. Uh, yeah. If you ask Maddie, I will say to Maddie often, actually, I'm wrong on that. Yeah, it, it, you're, it, you're right. Yeah, without, actually, without I make to, a point of it. Without wishing to sound at all self congratulatory, because we would hate to sound like that when we know that we make huge mistakes States all the time. Um, I would say that we do do that, because I, I tell you what, sometimes when I hear something come back at me about the logic of what I'm using yeah. and I feel powerful about it or, or write about it or righteous and then it's thrown back at me in a different way. I yeah. think, ah, I, I'm quite impressed. I feel like, oh, crikey. Yeah. This is a successful specimen of child I've got in front of me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is, see, this it as your... a, see it as, exactly. Yeah. Pat yourself on the back. Confirmation that, that you've, you've, that you've right. brought up a child that is going to teach you mm. because it is a two-way street. Mm. We don't just have to be there as the teachers of life with all the answers. We're learning from each other. I've learned so much from my girls. Mm. Um, this is a bit of a sad one, actually. Okay. And this one will stay anonymous. And she says, I hated that my parents were too busy not dealing with their addictions and codependency. Oh. And that broke my heart reading that today because oh. it's a very, very difficult place to be a child in uh, a household of addiction and then to be an adult child of an alcoholic or addict, um, as Mark would know well. Mm, yeah, I mean, that, that's what were the exact words again? I hated that my parents were too busy not dealing with their addictions and codependency. Yeah, that's an interesting use of words, isn't it? Too busy not dealing with it. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it I mean, because I, I suppose... I suppose means busy with distraction, distraction, distraction. Yeah, well, I suppose in a small way I would Doing say everything. that that's, that's where I have my guilt around some of the parenting of Izzy when she was mm. the youngest. She's the only one of my girls, really, to have reached the age of... What did she reach? She reached the age of... 
10, 9, 10 until I, I stopped drinking. So, um, so yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's hard, and it will make... It leaves an impact through life. I don't know what age you are now. Mm. But there's a, there's a really good organisation, Adult Children of Alcoholics, mm. and it might be worth you just having a little look around that if you're still feeling... The um, you know the ripple effect of that because also it's, 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 it's also the powerlessness of being able mm. to do anything because I, I really struck by that word busy busy mm. because busy. there is a busyness to, there's a self fueling busyness to any form of addiction and if mm. you've got parents who've just got caught up in their own shit they're so driven with their mm. own selfish needs and selfish desires you know what place is there for you and especially mm. if then you're an only child mm. yeah I mean I can really and then it, and then it can come up when you're then parenting yeah. so. Big, big hug to you. But I think that busy thing is a problem for many parents. I mean, it's very hard to get that balance right between... Bu- I mean, we're very... We often, in the dread of night, think, God, have we been so distracted with well, our work? Our children are definitely going to say to us you were too busy. Too busy with But we work, spend so much time with kids. Distract- yeah, we do as well. But, I mean, I do think, you know... And here's the other thing. I do think, when we're looking at this through the lens of children's, if you like, critiques of us as parents, I do think it's part of being a child and growing up that regardless of your class, background, culture, setup, whatever, you are designed, as a sense, in a sense, as a teenager, to find dissatisfaction in your setup. And I think, you know, it's just it's justifiable. I think every every child or teenager is looking for what marks them as different. And in a sense, it's part of the it's the rites of passage, isn't it? To find the thing that annoys you mm. so you can react against it. Exactly, you and learn from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, JJ... Trying not to laugh when they are naughty, hilarious. I would say, <laughs> laugh. Yeah. Well, mind you, I hate it when you, the girls would be really annoying in a pub and you were oh, one of those parents who would say... No, but you'd say, it's fine. If anyone has a problem, they'll say something. And I'm like, no, they won't. They'll just tolerate it and they'll well, think Well, no, that's different. They're just being not, no, but I think she's talking about when you're trying to tell them off and they're being, like, cheeky oh, and yeah, funny like with that. you. I like that. Um, <clears throat> this is a sad one as well. I'll just use the... Um, abbreviation snow my eldest wants control of my life he's autistic it's so hard um and there's nowhere to turn and when i was reading through the comments i this struck me and it gave me gratitude again for what i moan about Mm. and when it is all so irritating and you just think my god so many people are struggling with so much Mm. aren't they i mean i know this was a light silly one Mm. um where we were just thinking about silly things that annoy us but i just felt i just wanted to read this one out just to say to you oh my god uh, we cannot imagine so just big big hug and i hope these podcasts give you a bit of company and also, we have a lot of parents that are struggling with, like, being on their own with their children or, or mm. facing adversity. And a lot of them join us over on YouTube as a way of keeping company. In fact, there was a woman that contacted me yesterday and she was saying that she finds it so difficult because she has an autistic child that she doesn't have much language with. And she finds, not just our YouTube mm. channel, there's plenty online, isn't there, where they can feel, you can feel like you're a bit of a, of a wider conversation. Um, yeah, that's our dog, by that's the way. That's not me drinking from a bottle. <laughs> so um, I, I just wanted to give you a big hug. Well, I, I just want to say in reaction to that, I think you could probably spread that thought out to, mm. obviously she's talking about a child with autism, but mm. I think it's OK, parents out there listening, if you mm. have a child that's struggling with acute anxiety, dysmorphia, agoraphobia, 
um, depression, bipolar, whatever, you know, whatever these things are, there are going to be times where it's absolutely all right for you to feel like you've had enough. And I think that's the point I was just trying to make really at the beginning of this, that it's the big taboo because society puts a huge amount of pressure on children and parents for us all to conform and for us all to sing from the same song sheet. Mm. And you know what? You know, your relationship with your child is specific to you and that child. You are the only one who expertly knows your child and they to you. Um, and but sometimes it can feel like you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, somebody said to me the right. other day, you, you must be the same as me, all mothers must be. You know, it takes me two seconds of listening to my child on the phone and I know exactly where she is and how she is and how she's feeling. And I thought, I don't. Mm. I don't. Sometimes I find them completely baffling and I look at them and I think, oh, my God, are you completely devastated? Are you filled with joy? And I just... Sometimes I can't read them and I and sometimes I feel a real sense of failure around that. It's like mm. I feel like I should know you yeah, better yeah, yeah, than absolutely. I know you. I just want to read out quickly Donna who says that she blames herself when her children have mental health issues. Mm. That's, that's a big one, isn't it? We, we... I mean, is it not the case that we blame ourselves for everything when it goes wrong with the kids? And I think that's another thing that we can all quite quite happily say we find really difficult and we hate about being a parent. It's like whatever comes up, we we look into how am I culpable? What did I do? What step did I take? Just the wrong step. That's the dog, sorry. What wrong stop, step did I take there? Um, it's particularly difficult, though. I mean, crazy. I don't know whether that, that person has their own sort of mental health issues. It's very difficult if, say, you are a parent who struggles with depression, struggles with, has struggled with addiction, I'm a recovering alcoholic with depression, bipolar episodes, anxiety, what else do you want to add to it? You know, when I see any of those symptoms or any of those behavioural traits potentially appearing in any of my children, you immediately, as a parent, go Mm. to feeling, I am responsible, I am the genetic cause of this, it's come from learnt behaviour, oh no, have they seen the worst of me, have they... And, you know, and I think that at times is what I mean with the responsibilities, it's like, oh my God, is there anything I do as a parent, now I'm a parent, is there anything I do that isn't going to be somehow passed through the lens Mm. of what its implications are for my children? You know, it'd be nice to just be able to kind of go out and be completely embarrassing without the fear that someone's going to be embarrassed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to dance on the table naked and then put it on my Instagram and nobody can I, I really want you to be able to <laughs> do that. I, I, I want to be able to watch you lasciviously and not be embarrassed about it. So there you go. <laughs> so, wow. Okay, we had some highs and lows there. We had a lot of background noise as well. I think we should do this more, well. o- more often. I think we should have... That's a motorbike. I think we should do this more often where we have confessionals. 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 Yeah, no. no Say what you yeah. like and there is no judgment here. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> but thank you, Maddie and Carlitos. Brilliantly entertaining contributions there about us. Very thank kind. Thank you for so many comments. Very kind, yeah. though. They could have yeah. gone they could have gone into some other ter- territories there, and they didn't. Well, that's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>